Whatever. It's me, Cindy. If I had a dime for every time I've uttered that word, I'd be a wealthy woman. Or at least a girl with an impressive pile of dimes. I got it from my daughter, Kate, who back in the 90s was deeply steeped in Clueless, the movie, then the TV series, and yes, even the books. Yes, there was a book series cashing in and continuing to chronicle Cher's adventures. And we had every single one of them. The result being that Cher, who was smart and sassy and the most fashionable of females, became a for a short time, a profound influence on my little daughter, who was suddenly dressing for school, carefully coordinating the color of her shirt, shorts, socks, and headband. Michael Kors would have called it too matchy-matchy, but she was adorable, confident, and six. Even Michael would have been charmed. But back to whatever. It was among all the other 90s expressions, some that were part of the cultural vocabulary, but some that were specific to Cher and her friends, like Baldwin for a cute guy. It's the only one I remember offhand, but whatever dotted most every scene, episode, or chapter. And daughter took little time adopting it, using it frequently as a most dismissive, don't bother me, you've got to be kidding. Of course, I tried to squash it, to obliterate it from her arsenal of tiny child rebelliousness. Sometimes to make it even more offensive, she'd hold up her two hands, thumbs touching, index fingers pointing up to create the W that would underscore her shrugging off my comment, action, or... Whatever. Somehow, decades later, it's still right here on the tip of my tongue as a response to, oh, so many things. But I realized something important this morning. I mostly say it to myself, not so much out loud to anyone else. Of course, I do say it out loud because I'm a girl who talks to herself a lot, but whatever, see? And I realize it serves a million purposes, which is why if I had a dime for every time, like if I'm trying to accomplish something, like trying to remove a spot on the rug or create a more effective filing system or pare down some kitchen clutter or, or, or whatever, oh, there we go again, and not getting it done, whatever comes in as in it doesn't really matter. I can live with the results, even if they're not as good as I want. In that case, it means I'm just going to accept that this is the way it is and move on. I cannot tell you how much that wabi-sabi concept of embracing imperfection has helped me. I love that there exists a concept that mistakes are as important as getting it all correct, plus so much less pressure. Then there's the whatever if I'm trying to explain something and just not making it clear. The problem either being on my or the other person's side, whatever, as in it doesn't really matter because ultimately it's not going to make a difference and we could just move on to something else. That one's more about finding patience than acceptance. Or if I'm frustrated, annoyed, on the verge of angry, sad, bored, whatever. But in this case, I realize it doesn't mean that it doesn't matter. In this case, whatever is the tool I use to create a little distance so I can step away if only for a little while, because even though it probably really does matter, there's nothing I can do, at least in the moment. Or it's the, I quit. Rarely is it, I quit. But of all the different shades of meaning it takes on in all those other scenarios, whatever is never a happy response to something fun, exciting, charming, or wonderful. That's interesting, don't you think? Whatever I realized this morning is my coping mechanism. It can translate to, this isn't good, but I'm going to be okay with it and do a little acceptance here. Or, this isn't great, but I can't resolve it now, so I'll be patient. Or, this is bad, and I'm going to have to step back and away till whenever. Can we jump off track for a minute here? Because this reminds me of something. There was a great lesson I learned in, I think it was Eckhart Tolle's book, The Power of Now. 
Honestly, I only got about a chapter in before it was due back at the library. But that first chapter held what wound up being one of those profound truths that sink in and stay forever. What he said was that when we're faced with a problem, we really only have three options. We can accept it, we can resolve it, or we can walk away. Think about that for a minute. But maybe a minute later, because while I do think that's a pretty solid viewpoint and pretty valuable, I'm still on a roll about, you know, my fascinating analysis of how one word has become so well overused. No, no, no. I was explaining how it came to be my go-to for so many things. And as always, I can't help but dig deeper into understanding why I do what I do or don't do, what I should, could do. Not like having that revelation is going to get me anywhere. This would be the perfect spot to interject a solid whatever. I like an explanation for what I do and why. I like understanding how my brain conspires to run things and how, if I pay enough attention, I can grab back control and make my own choices. Okay, I know my brain is part of me, but you know what I mean? Take Ruby, for instance. She's deathly afraid of a lot of things, and to some degree, that's her dog brain, having been trained to fear. So I have to try to retrain her by slowly introducing those scary things like cars driving by or the hairbrush or loud noises while offering treats or affection to distract and reassure her. We're two years into living together, and I can't say we've won this challenge yet, but sometimes she doesn't try to chase a car going by, or she'll let me brush her for a bit before she reverts to panic. I keep talking to her, telling her she can trust me, telling her to turn off those things in her brain, wishing she could understand enough psychology to see how things work. So I really appreciate that I can have that awareness and command of language and books on psychology and have witnessed and experienced so many examples of what works and what doesn't. You think I'd be farther along. Whatever. Acceptance. See how that happened? And yeah, I would have said it out loud even if I wasn't talking to you. Do you talk to yourself? Out loud, I mean. Sometimes I catch myself doing it and it cracks me up. Of course, sometimes that's because I'm amusing myself with an observation that is snarky or ironic or just plain funny. I am my own best audience. Or I just think most things have something about them that's funny. Mildly humorous all the way to hysterical. Lane and I have referred to ourselves as card-carrying members in fine standing of the EAS, the Easily Amused Society. I got to tell you, it not only makes life a lot of fun, as pretty much anything can trigger gales of laughter or at least mild giggles. And like I've said before, laughter is about the best thing in the world. Not the laughing at someone in a way that hurts them, certainly, but sharing an ironic viewpoint, finding the humor in pretty much any location, event, or situation, and it really keeps things light. And at least has the potential to make, if not everything, most things somewhat easier. And if you can really get in a good laugh, it can reduce stress, lower your blood pressure, provide extra oxygen to your brain and bloodstream, providing a bit of same benefits of exercise without having to break a sweat or dress up in spandex. Finding the humor also has the power to turn a bad situation into, well, still maybe a bad situation, but one way you get a little break that lightens your heart, if only for a brief time. Still worth it. Or it gives you the ability to say, this is really awful, but think of what a great story it's going to be one day. I like to look at life through that kind of filter. I find it a great help because, let's face it, life is not always funny on its own. Sometimes you gotta dig to find the punchline. And sometimes when you do, it doesn't just help you, but it lifts those around you. And if sometimes those around you just hate you for making jokes when they're not seeing what's funny, you can always mumble a quick apology and slink away. You can laugh about it later. 
Here's what's funny right now. I've got all these jars and canisters and boxes and boxes of tea that are normally spread out and piled up over my kitchen counters, but everything is out of there while the kitchen's getting a new coat of paint. And I'm looking in the kitchen, and poor Kebster the Destroyer can't find anything to swat out or push around or knock to the floor, so he's trying to antagonize his reflection in the stainless steel backsplash behind the oven. <laughs> well played, Kebster, but that's not going to get me up to feed you. To which, if he could talk and express his combination disdain and frustration, would probably be more likely just to utter whatever and sashay off, but like mother, like cat. You're more than welcome to subscribe to the It's Me, Cindy podcast for more of my ramblings, suggestions, observations, revelations, you know, because I love to share and I just want us to be as happy as we can. Right, Kebster? He's silent, but his eyes are saying, don't talk to me. Whatever.